Hello. This week's episode of Lit AF Relationships with me, your host, Sarah Cohan. I'm so excited to talk with you today about dating and relationships. That's what we're always talking about on this podcast. And oftentimes we're talking about attachment style because as my dear, lovely client, Anna Lum, pointed out last week, it's my favorite thing. (laughs) If you didn't listen to last week's episode, it's so, so, so good. And alum talks about um, healing after kind of an attachment rupture in her relationship and how she's created earned secure attachment. And she's just like showing up like a boss bitch in all areas of her life as a friend as um as a business owner and in dating she's sharing needs she's being vulnerable without blaming people she is communicating boundaries without question just like i'm feeling a boundary coming up and now i'm going to say it and honestly she's just surrounding herself by the most amazing people in her life so definitely go check that out episode 137 but today what i'm going to talk about is the thought are you worried about never finding someone This is the thought that I really struggled with in my own dating life. And I just want to get to the bottom of like what that really means, what you're feeling when you feel that thought. And then I'm going to go into a little bit of thought work that will help you to get out of this mindset. And instead, try to focus on just a a, a more supportive, more um, helpful thought that you can focus on while you are dating. Because dating takes stamina, endurance. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) But for real, dating takes just like a lot of... um, It takes a lot of work. You have to face a lot of rejection. You have to try out a lot of things to see what works for you. And honestly, I get it. Sometimes it can be really overwhelming and like, way too much. So I'm going to talk a little bit about thoughts today. And this is like the first thing that I work on with clients when I'm one-on-one with someone. So that's why I wanted to share it today because I feel like this can really help you. This is like the first step in your earned secure attachment journey. So before I get into the episode, as always, I have my own personal check-in. And honestly, I just sat here for a couple minutes to try to think about what I wanted to talk about for my check-in. The only thing that came up that I talked about last week was my Thanksgiving break. So I'm going to talk about it again because it was that palpable. Um, I went home for Thanksgiving and you know what? For me, it was a tough weekend. Um, I have a one-year-old son. So anytime I'm traveling with, um, with my son, things are just a little bit harder than they were when I was traveling, not with a kid. And I don't mean that like he's a burden or anything like that. It just really changes the nature of going on a trip, going on vacation, anything like that. My friend literally told me, she's like, okay, well, you know what Glennon Doyle says? It's not a vacation. It's a trip. And I like have never even had to understand that concept, but now I'm fully embracing it. So, you know, just putting that one out there. But family is so tough, (laughs) y'all. I have just, I have a lot of stuff going on in my family. I have a lot of mental illness. I have a lot of codependency. There's a lot of love and there's a lot of closeness that is really beautiful. But honestly, (laughs) as someone with insecure attachment, it's like going home can confront me with 
all of the behaviors that I've tried really to work on and process and not emulate anymore. So it was tough. And I'm still coming down off of it. It was such a relief to come home. And that just got me thinking of like, why it's so important to set boundaries with family and why it's so important to take care of yourself when you are going home. And honestly, maybe I'm sharing this because we are... I mean, Thanksgiving basically is in the United States is always the precursor to Christmas, which is more time with a family or maybe a different family depending on your lifestyle. But this is the time of year where we tend to see our family. And that just means a lot of opportunity for old triggers, old wounds, old stories to come up and really take over and they can kind of consume you. So I just want to say it's hard. And it's it's not that I've done this work and now I'm like earned secure and I'm going home and everything's perfect. Like I really want to dispel that myth. That's not at all what is happening. And I also want to dispel the myth that like now that I have earned secure, it's easy to set boundaries and communicate my needs and show up as secure for my family. No, it's still hard. I still get triggered. I still have uncomfortable emotions that come in because of all these stories and beliefs that I'm thinking. And I I just like, I find I have to double down on this work whenever I go home. So now that I'm out of it, I'm still like doubling down on this work and like, Honestly, I still use all the same tools that I coach people on. And I'm just so grateful for it. I'm also just grateful for my own home. You know? Independence. It's so nice. That's a very dismissive avoidant thing to say. So like, let's just call me out a little bit there. (laughs) All right. Thank you for listening to my check-in. Obviously still processing some things. um, But I really appreciate you listening and being here. And... Let's not spend any more time. Let's... Sorry. (laughs) I don't even know what I was going to say there. Let's just get into it. All right. So today the topic is, are you worried you're never going to find someone? And I just really want to honor the fact that you're thinking this. This is a very common belief. This is a very common fear in dating. And it doesn't matter how you became single. It could be that you haven't dated anyone in years. It could be you were broken up with or you broke up with someone else. Um, you could have you know, had loss. Like, There's many ways that we get to being single, especially as an adult. And I just want to honor that like, even if you broke up with someone else, you can still have the fear that you're worried that you're never going to find someone. That is a totally valid and extremely common thought. And along with that thought probably comes a lot of feelings of loneliness. And I myself have really struggled with feelings of loneliness. I was talking with my sister last week about college and my college boyfriend and, you know, kind of like analyzing like how we got together because we were such a different fit for each other. And she kind of called it out. She's like, I felt like you were just really lonely in college. And I was like, dang, yeah, like really well said. And so, you know, when I'm feeling, when I'm acting out of feelings of loneliness, I'm often not necessarily taking care of my needs and really watching out for what's important to me. But rather, I'm like, oh, I'm so, I'm going to say it, the word desperate for companionship that I'm just going to, you know, go out there and find it and whatever sticks I'll stay with. And then I'm going to try to keep it as long as I can, which is what I did. I was, I was with that person for over 10 years. So, These feelings of loneliness are so valid. The whole point of this episode is not to bypass any emotions. 
I think that that's a really important emotion that's showing you what you do need in your life. And it's really important to honor that and process it and try to sit with it as much as possible instead of running away from it. But anyway, I'll get more into that in just a little bit. I also want to talk about other things that might be coming up for you when you're thinking, I'm never going to find someone else. Um, Oftentimes, this has come with worry that time is like ticking along. And especially for any of my female, um, female identifying folks out there, you're probably thinking, okay, my womb has an expiration date on it. And if I want some kiddos, I got to do X by a certain time. And like, let's be real, doctors have a really unfair timeline of if your your body's 35 years old, then you're considered geriatric, quote unquote. I just want to dispel that myth like right now. I have friends that are in their 50s having babies. And it's a really unfair expectation, I think, to put on women. And I think as a whole, our society is just kind of pushing back our timeline for having kids. So I would love to just free you of that burden of thinking about time is ticking. Think about any time you've rushed something. Like oftentimes when I'm rushing to make a meal, it doesn't quite turn out the way I want it to. It's definitely not as tasty as I expected it to be. If I'm baking and I'm rushing, oftentimes I'll overmix it. And then whenever you overmix something, it tastes like nothing when it comes out of the oven. So I just want to use that analogy of like, what's happening when you're rushing in your dating life? Like, think about that. Think, analyze that. What does it mean? What are the ramifications? And is that really actually how you want to be showing up? And then another thing that came up when you're worried about not finding someone is you can like get really stuck in the disappointment of like, I've been on a lot of dates and nothing has worked. So you can kind of feel this like fatalistic attitude of like, nothing's coming. No one else is going to be there. So I'm going to break down the first tool that I always teach my clients. And this tool has really helped me understand why emotions like come up and how to process them and start to think in a different way. So this is from Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. And the idea is really, really popular in a lot of different schools. The Personal Development School teaches this as well as the Life Coach School with Brooke Castillo. What I'm sharing here is an amalgamation of like both of those programs. So I want to just break down the chain reaction of events that happens when you're thinking this thought. So our thought processes, we think that our thoughts are like our facts, right? When we are having thoughts, we feel like we are reporting the news. And oftentimes, our thoughts can get real creative and make up a lot of different stories, right? So here's the deal. This is the chain. Our beliefs, how we think about the world, where we fit into the world, all of the our beliefs are actually the things that are in turn creating our thoughts. So our thoughts aren't necessarily like the first thing. (laughs) It's not the first part of this chain reaction. What happens is actually our beliefs are creating our thoughts. And then once we have a thought, let's use an example. I have a belief that I'm not enough in my career. And anytime I get bad feedback, my boss knows that like I am bad. 
I am bad. It's like a really, really tough core wound that needs a lot of work to process and work through. So let's start there. Why not? It's the hardest one. (laughs) So if I have this belief that's like really deeply buried in my subconscious that I am bad, what's going to happen is anytime that that thought is validated, I'm going to be like, you see, you see, they knew, right? My boss gives me bad feedback. He knows that I'm a bad person. So then I'm going to have a thought, I'm not enough, or I did a bad job. And then once that thought is created of like, oh, I messed up, I'm not good. Then that in turn, spurs our emotions. That is what creates an emotional reaction into our body. So once again, we've got our beliefs, like how we think about the world. Those are the ones that create our, our beliefs, create our thoughts. And then our thoughts are the things that trigger our emotions. So sometimes we can think like, oh, our emotions, my emotions just got away from me. Or like, I I don't understand, but this emotion took over me. And it's like, actually, if you work this puzzle backwards, you can figure out the thought that triggered the emotion and then the belief behind the thought. I love to work backwards when I'm using this exercise. Or... I start in the middle and then I go outwards. This just because it's a chain reaction doesn't mean we always have to do it in the, in the like right order, right? So after our emotions kind of take hold or like set in, that is when we take action. So our beliefs create our thoughts, our thoughts create emotions. And then our emotions is actually we are, we are taking action in our life. So this is such an important thing to know, understand, study, process, track. I love tracking this. This is like literally what I do with clients for the first week. Is just tracking like, okay, what are the beliefs that are driving a lot of my actions? Where am I taking my actions from? And what emotions are spurring them? Because the good news is that you can put in a new thought, you can put in a new emotion, you can put in a new action like, okay, I don't want to take this action anymore of getting so defensive when my boss gives me negative feedback. Can you tell that this is a real thing that I have worked through in my life? Because it's it's 100% true. So, um, okay, I don't want to take this action of getting defensive anytime my boss gives me negative feedback. Instead, what I would like to do is take it in, validate the feedback, you know, repeat it back to him so he understands that I've heard it. And then what I want to do is see... Where is this feedback for me? How is this trying to support me? So let's say the action I want to take instead is how is this supporting me? Like uh, get curious. Like the action I want to do is get curious about how this is supporting me. Then what we're going to have to do is say, okay, well, what thought or what emotion, ideally, like what thought is going to create the emotional state for me to be able to be in, in order to have this reaction? So the thought is, and I just did this for my um, for my annual evaluation at my other job. I just did this. So my bot, you know, we were having evaluations, and I just said I had a mantra, and my mantra was, "This feedback is to help support me to become a better leader." And I did it throughout the whole session. Okay, this feedback is here to support me to become a better leader. And when I thought that, my emotion was so much more calm. I was grounded. I was like open, curious. Like these are all the feeling states that I would much rather be in than defensiveness, shame, guilt, um, feeling disappointed, feeling rejected. Those are really tough, heavy emotions. So it's like, okay, how can I already have the thought 
this is here to support me so that I'm in an emotional state that's like way more open and receptive in order to take the action of figuring out how this is here to support me. So this is all. And then like, then we can get into belief work, but belief work is next level. You know what? We're not going to cover that today. But the belief that you want to have here is I'm actually good, right? I'm a good person. I'm here. I'm doing my best. So what I want you to think about in your dating life, I know I just gave you a work example for all of this, but I want you to think about in your dating life is what feeling comes up when you're worried about the fact that you're never going to find someone. My guess is some doubt creeps in, worry, probably some anxiety, maybe some fear, definitely loneliness, right? If, like if you're thinking, I'm never going to find someone, then you're like automatically like, Well, now I'm lonely. And then when you're acting from that emotion, think about what action you're taking. Where is that leading you? So what I want you to think about is what thought is going to be more helpful, more supportive, is going to put you into a better emotional estate when you're not only thinking about dating, but also when you're swiping, when you're having conversations with people. Think about what is the thought that you want to be holding that is going to help you find your partner. I'm going to give you another work example because I'm in you know I'm just starting my business 1 year ago and I I love doing things fast. <laughs> I do. I love um driving my car fast. I love skiing cuz I get to go down the hill really fast. Like I just I love speed. I love chaos. It's super fun. So, you know, that's probably why I'm an entrepreneur. But <laughs> What I noticed over the last year of my business is that, you know, I'm trying to scale from like in my mind, I'm like, okay, well, how am I going to be a full time business owner? Like, how am I going to get there? And when I have the thought of, I don't know, I don't know how I'm going to get there. And I feel overwhelmed. I feel like nothing's going to happen. I'm not necessarily like open to learning more or like figuring out a different way to do things. I feel very closed off. I feel defeated, to be quite honest. And so I'll often have this thought of like, how am I going to build this company? Like, how am I going to build this business? And let's be real, that is not putting me in the most open, supportive, emotional state. And then because of that, I'm not taking actions from a more like open, curious, learning state. Instead, it's just closed off and like defeatist, right? So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to have the thought of I am learning how to build my business. And whenever I think of it that way, I feel so much more relief. I feel curious. I feel open. Are you seeing a pattern here? (laughs) I'm just feeling much more like relaxed. Like, okay, yeah, you're right. I am learning how to build this business. How am I going to scale this business? It's never going to work. That is not exciting to me. So I want you to think about this in relation to your own dating life of what is the thought that is going to help you be in a more helpful, supportive, emotional state in order to take action from there in your dating life to meet that person. Because you have to, in dating, you have to take a lot of action, whether that's responding to someone, swiping on someone being bold and asking someone out, like all of those things. It takes a lot of action and a lot of energy to communicate. 
So I want you to be like thinking like, okay, what is the thought that can get me to to where I want to be in my thinking about um, my dating life and thinking about what emotional state I want to be in when I'm thinking about dating. I hope that's helpful. It's honestly the first, 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 first tool that I teach everyone. And I love seeing how when people are learning it, they're just like, you see light bulbs go off of like, Oh my God, I can't believe that this is the pattern or the belief the system that I was taking into this area of my life. And I have one client who just continues to use this through the whole program because she realized that she was bringing so much baggage to all of her actions every single day. So it's really helped her to calm the nervous system and really act from a place of like emotional clarity. I want to say one caveat for all of this. And this is a big issue that I have in general with thought work. Is that I don't want you to bypass your emotions. This is not about, okay, I'm going to think the most positive thought so that I'm in the most positive mind state, so that I'm dating positively, and I'm going to see a positive result. That is like, what we're trying to do is shift it slightly. We're trying to do the next half step. We're not even trying to do the next full step. And we are certainly not trying to get all the way up the stairs in one thought. We're trying to do little tiny baby steps here. So oftentimes what I see clients go wrong is they choose a thought that their subconscious doesn't actually believe. So once you choose your thought of maybe your thought is, I am learning how to be more confident in dating. I think that would be a fantastic first thought to focus on and like reorient yourself towards when you find yourself questioning everything and getting into that worry and doubt. Be like, hold on, brain. I am learning how to date more confidently. And then you can just kind of sit in that thought for a little bit. So I just want to point that out because it's just a little baby half step. It's not, I'm the hottest person and I'm going to go out and date the most successful person out there. Because our subconscious, if we have a belief that we're not the hottest person, is going to steer us in a completely different direction. (laughs) So work on just the the half step thought, the little tiny baby step that is the closest to where you're currently at with your thinking. And then again, do not bypass that emotion because this is like feeling your feelings. This is the key to living life as a human and to processing things faster and not getting stuck in emotion and then stuck in blame. So when you are thinking the thought, I'm just not even sure if I'm ever going to find someone, I want you to learn how to hold yourself in that loneliness. And there's so many different ways to do that. You can do that through EFT tapping. You can do a somatic experiencing meditation. I have one of those on my website under the free tools section. You can do a shaking exercise. You can go to yoga. There's so many different ways to process your emotions. There's probably so many different ways that I haven't even learned yet. We're all different. We all process in different ways. So this isn't about using my method to process your emotions. This is about figuring out your own unique method and tool, the plural, to deal with emotion, tough emotions when they come up. I'm working with a client now who has a big fear of abandonment. And whenever her partner leaves and closes the door, this huge wave of just fear and anxiety crashes over her body. And what we're doing is putting together a step-by-step process for her for as soon as like as soon as that door closes. She is turning to herself. 
She is giving herself attention. She's giving herself the feeling of control. So she's going to like plan her calendar. She's going to go right into her calendar. So she's like, okay, what am I doing this week? Who am I going to be hanging out with this week? So I know that I have a social engagement to look forward to. When am I going to call my parents so that I'm having deep emotional connection and family time? That's so important to her. So you see how she's like immediately turning to herself and being like, okay, I know that you're feeling this fear of abandonment and I'm going to help you feel like you're getting your needs met and that we're going to process this emotion. We're not going to let it run our lives. We're going to let it dissipate in a healthy way. That's not blaming. Okay. You guys, obviously, I love this work. Sorry. Try not to say guys. It's really been a tough journey over many years to remove it from my vocabulary. It's starting to happen, but I'm not fully there. So my apologies. And yeah, that's it for today's episode. So here's the deal. If you are interested in working on just old relationship patterns that came up while you were dating someone else in the past, if you're hung up on your ex, or if you're going through a breakup and you just want some help to process the real valid, intense feelings that come up in all of those stages of your life, fear, anxiety, loneliness, all of those things, I'd love to work with you. I help clients to work on their communication style so that they're understanding and sharing their needs as well as setting boundaries. And I also help folks process emotions. Obviously, it's one of my favorite things. (laughs) So if you're interested in learning more about this program to see if it's the right fit for you, you can book a free discovery call with me. And in the call, what I'll do is assess your attachment style and let you know like what is possible for you in the next 6 months to really heal and create earned secure attachment. It is totally possible for you. I've seen clients do it. I know you can do it too. If you're interested in booking a free discovery call, you can go to sarahcohan.com forward slash coaching. That's S-A-R-A-H-C-O-H-A-N.com forward slash coaching. And you'll see the link to book there. If I don't see you on a discovery call. I will see you right back here next week. We've got a fun interview with Shelby Avan. She is a fellow integrated attachment theory certified coach. She is also called the intimacy mistress on Instagram. And we're going to talk about attachment styles, sex and intimacy, which I personally think is a topic that has sorely been lacking on this podcast. Sex and intimacy is such an important part of any relationship. And all the attachment styles can use just a little bit of help in this area. So I'm so excited to go deep with her. So yeah, tune in next week. Thank you so much. 